Hi everyone, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I dive into a specific topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. This week, I'm tackling a topic that a listener requested. This listener wrote to me, many RDs have been working more than ever in 2020, and you've addressed burnout in other episodes. But for the ones that were furloughed, some not practicing for almost a year, it can be really hard to try to jump back into working. So kind of the other side of the burnout topic, how to motivate yourself and find your stride again. So if you've been struggling with motivation, maybe you're not trying to avoid burnout, but you're so far into it that it's hard to muster up the energy to be productive at all right now, this one's for you. Oh, and I've also got a really big announcement that ties into all this, like really big. Towards the end of the episode, I talk about it. So if you've been feeling totally alone and unmotivated and overwhelmed and are looking for support, but aren't ready for that one-on-one supervision investment, keep on listening. I can't wait for you to hear what I've got rolling out soon. I talk a lot on here about burnout and how dietitians and our type A personalities have the tendency to overcommit, overwork, and crash and burn. I know many of you can relate, and especially all of the essential workers who are listening are surely feeling the effects of being overworked from all of 2020 and all that's still ahead of us in 2021. From that perspective, a lot of my messaging is about slowing down and pacing yourself and setting boundaries. In other words, how do we prevent the burnout? How do we tell ourselves to chill the F out for a minute? How do we work toward our goals without killing ourselves in the process? I know that messaging is necessary because not only do I need those reminders, and not only have I had to really work on my type A perfectionism and how that manifests in my work ethic and overall well-being, but because so many of you and so many of the dietitians I work with tell me that you can relate to it too. But I also know that there are a lot of dietitians out there who didn't make it through the pandemic with their jobs intact. I personally know so many dietitians who thought at the beginning of the pandemic that they were essential workers, that they were safe, immune from the frightening reality of unemployment that so many people were being hit with, only to wind up furloughed or laid off a few months later. By October, nearly 50% of my dietitian clients were facing unemployment, and among my dietitian friends, there was a real fear surrounding job security. On top of that, there aren't a lot of jobs to go around for dietitians right now. Fewer places are hiring, so bouncing back into a new position hasn't been as seamless for a lot of people. Not to mention the dietitians with health conditions that didn't make them feel safe working on the front lines, and so they had to step away from working. Or the ones who have kids and can't afford a babysitter every day with school shut down or in hybrid mode. Or the interns graduating to a job force that looks very, very different. Not only is this scary, but it can feel downright discouraging. And maybe you're normally a really gung-ho type A dietitian, a go-getter. Someone who has ambitious goals and works really hard, but what do you do if you've been on unemployment for months and haven't been able to find another job? What if your motivation and drive to work have been utterly squashed by all that's going on during this pandemic? 
What if rather than needing to try to prevent burnout, you're in the thick of it and don't know how to pull yourself out? What if you're not merely teetering on the brink of burnout, basically, but you're already there? Moving into 2021 hasn't made our problems disappear. Maybe January 1st didn't feel like a fresh start to you, but rather the continuation of one long, surreal, bad dream. Maybe when I aired my episode earlier this month, just last week, on intentions, you couldn't even muster up the motivation to do that, to set intentions, because you're deep in a funk, and the idea of making plans and setting goals for yourself feels completely out of touch with where you are mentally and emotionally. That's okay. Look, I'm not always a look-on-the-bright-side kind of person. When I was in my 20s, I was jealous of the girls who were bubbly and smiley and bright and cheerful. I tried so hard to be like them, but I'm not like them. I'm introspective. I can be moody. Maybe it's the Gemini moon in my astrology chart. I'm not sure. If you know from my last episode, I love looking into that stuff. But basically, I need to feel my feelings. And I don't always express my excitement or hope in very extroverted ways. I'm quiet. I still believe that I'm generally an optimist, but I'm not the kind of person who puts on a smile and has something bright and chipper to say about every crummy situation. Sometimes we have to sit in the suck. Sometimes we need time. So this isn't going to be an episode about like, cheer up, it's not so bad. Look on the bright side. This is an episode that's going to say, yeah, this past year has sucked. And January 1st wasn't a magic light switch that got flipped, and suddenly everything is better because it's not 2020 anymore. And here's what we can do about it. The first thing I have to say is that you've, if you've been laid off or furloughed, I highly recommend listening to my podcast episode from October 2020 called What to Do If You're Laid Off as a Dietitian. It was a conversation, like I mentioned before, that I was having with a lot of my clients at the time. And I put it out into a podcast because I knew that if that many of my clients were struggling with it, many of you likely were as well. That episode outlines some very realistic steps that you can take to move through the emotional and logistical slash financial messiness of not having a job. But it doesn't really dig into the motivation piece, the part that comes into play if you've been unemployed now for an extended period of time and you can't find work or you've gotten so used to not working and now in 2021, you know you'll have to get back into the workforce, but maybe you don't even know how to motivate yourself to start all of that. And so that's what we'll be going over today. Now, when someone tells me that they've been unemployed and it has completely destroyed their motivation to be productive, and now they don't know how to move forward with their goals, I'm actually reminded of my intuitive eating clients. Sometimes when my intuitive eating clients reach the point where they're ready to start working on unconditional permission to eat foods they love, but they have deemed forbidden or bad, the conversation goes something like this. They are convinced that they are not restricting. They let themselves eat whatever they want, they say, and they still wind up overdoing it, in their words, and they never stop craving the food, and they never start craving other foods, and therefore they're convinced that this process will not and cannot work. 
Let's contextualize this with a real actual case example of a client of mine, uh, an intuitive eating client who recently went through this. This client was convinced she had mastered making peace with food. We did a few smaller experiments and she really didn't have the urge to eat most of the stuff she had previously labeled as bad or off limits. But there were these cookies, Toll House chocolate chip cookies, and she never baked them because when she did, she told me she would eat all of them. So then, for whatever reason, she and her son decided to bake them at some point, sometime after we had really dug into this make peace with food concept. It's maybe a month or two later. <clears throat> she didn't tell me ahead of time that this was going to happen, so she came back to me in session afterwards saying, it didn't work. I baked the cookies and I gave myself permission to eat them and I just ate all of them. They're all gone. It was a disaster. So I encouraged her to tell me a little more about the experience. And what it all boiled down to was that she actually hadn't given herself permission at all. Yes, she had baked the cookies, and yes, she had eaten them. But the whole time, she was still telling herself that they were bad, that she shouldn't be eating them. Instead of eat, letting herself eat as many in that first sitting as she wanted, she ate a few and then put them away, and then went back for more, and then froze them to get them further away, and then ate those too. And so what she perceived to be a failure, that these cookies were simply addictive and it isn't possible for her to make peace with them fully, was really about the fact that she was still judging herself for eating them and trying to place limits on how many she would eat at one time. And because of that, she wasn't able to actually enjoy them. She never felt satisfied and her brain was still stuck in scarcity mode. She created the reality she was trying to avoid. So what does this have to do with your lack of motivation? Well, let's say that you were faced with unemployment and you haven't been able to find work. What has your mindset been like over the past few months? If the answer is not great, well, that makes you very, very human. So no beating yourself up about that. But it also means you probably haven't given yourself full permission to chill and decompress. Maybe that's not entirely by choice. Maybe you have older parents to take care of, or little kids to watch, or very real bills to pay and very real stress about how that's going to happen. My parents are fortunately still young and healthy, and they live out of state. I don't have children. My fiancé is still working and bringing home a steady paycheck. I'm coming at this conversation with a ton of privilege, and so I recognize that some of this is going to be a lot easier said than done. Hear me out anyway if you can. If you're anything like most dietitians I know, you're not very good at relaxing. You tend to always be doing something because if you let yourself be truly unproductive, you feel guilty. Sound familiar? And my guess is that if you lost your job, especially in the beginning, your type A ambitions may have translated into a mindset of, Okay, well, now I don't have this 40-hour-week job, I can finally work on all this other stuff I've been putting off. And suddenly, you have lots of projects, and again, you're not actually relaxing. And then the burnout keeps building. You're not working, but you're still kind of making that burnout get worse until suddenly the bubble bursts and you crash. Maybe that crash hasn't happened yet. Or... Maybe you don't throw yourself into a bunch of projects and you hunker down on the couch for some serious Netflix binges because you feel so deflated from either the initial job loss or the fact that it's simply gone on for so long. 
and that motivation isn't there to work on projects. What's the story that you're telling yourself about that? Are you giving yourself actual permission to rest, or is negative Nancy up there on your shoulder whispering in your ear about how lazy you are, reminding you of all the things you should be doing, quote unquote, instead of watching every episode to ever air of the Great British Bake Offer, whatever your Netflix binge of choice or Hulu binge of choice is? What I'm saying is, is your lack of motivation because you're in a rut? Or is it because you've been guilt-tripping yourself for months without ever letting yourself actually rest? Gonna let that sink in for a second. Our minds are powerful. And just like eating a cookie while thinking judgmental thoughts about how bad the cookie is can actually set you up for future binges and stress and self-criticism, telling yourself that you're relaxing and not working but then not actually letting yourself relax and not work does the exact same thing. So whether you've been out of work for one week or 20 weeks, whether you're trying to busy yourself with chores and projects or simply beating yourself up about all the chores and projects you could be doing while you sit on the couch and binge watch shows, whether how you spend your time is being dictated by other responsibilities like family or not, it's no wonder so many dietitians in this boat feel their motivations at. You're either working just as hard as you were before you got laid off, only no one's really paying you for this work except for maybe unemployment benefits, which have proven lately to be less than reliable, or you're not working hard, but you're judging yourself out the wazoo for it. And either way, you don't have the chance to rejuvenate that motivation because you're not actually resting. So what is step one? Give yourself unconditional permission to rest. Again, this is why I said earlier that I'm coming at this with a lot of privilege. I know this may be easier said than done for some of you. But how much is your inability to truly rest based on the reality of your circumstances? And how much of it is based on the story you tell yourself about what is or is not possible for you? We all need to rest. And we all need to rest without being nagged by that type A voice in our heads about how we should be doing more. Yes, even if you're unemployed and money is beyond stressful. Because just like the only way to make peace with food and move on is to actually give yourself permission to eat it without any judgment, the only way to regain your motivation is to surrender to the rest fully and completely doesn't mean you have to take an entire month and do literally zero productive things. I mean, if you can, go for it. That's awesome. But start with an hour. Start with 30 minutes. Start with a weekend day. Start with wherever you need to start. And rest. Unplug. Do something that you love that is absolutely and unquestionably unproductive. Binge a Netflix series that has nothing to do with health or nutrition. Listen to a podcast that isn't about health or nutrition or self-improvement. I love when you listen to my podcast, but for this exercise, find something else. Play with your dog or your kids. Bake something for fun. Whatever feels relaxing to you, do it. Preferably something that is relatively mindless. For me, I play The Sims because I'm a 90s kid and the nostalgia and mindlessness of it is beautiful. And I don't have to think much. 
Justin is trying to get me into World of Warcraft because apparently I needed even more examples of how much I'm very much not a cool kid. Um, and I like it. I like the game, but it involves more strategy and effort. So it isn't one of the things I do to really relax. I can't turn off my brain while I'm playing it. And that's the important thing here. So we need to be really honest about how the things we're doing make us feel. I'm also currently re-watching Grey's Anatomy because I gave up after season, I don't know, seven or eight or something back when I was in my early 20s. I'm up to season seven now. I'm making it to a point um, as well to read more before I go to bed. Um, and I'm reading a novel, so I'm not reading something motivational or educational. I put some of those books to the side. Some other things are do I'm doing, um, I lay down on the couch and I snuggle with Toby, my dog, and I do nothing like literally nothing I'm not multitasking while i'm doing these things at least not usually i'm not thinking about all the other things i should or could be doing instead i'm not nagging or judging myself i'm letting myself enjoy the mindlessness the unproductive time we all need this especially us chronic overthinkers our brains need to rest so start small. I mean, if you're able to go all in with it and give yourself like a week's staycation where you do nothing at all productive, more power to you. That's amazing. But I get the reality of many people's situations won't allow for that in an extreme way. So start where you can. And by the way, you don't need to be unemployed to do this. If you're working and stressed out and feeling burnout and, and struggling with your motivation, do this anyway. Do this always. I'm very open about how Fridays are me nights for me. I stop work by 5 p.m. at the latest. Now that I'm self-employed, I'm making it a point to end even earlier. And I don't go out. I don't do productive things. I get in my pajamas. I eat dessert for dinner, except for those oddball days where I don't have a sweet tooth. And I do some of those unproductive, mindless activities I just mentioned. So start wherever you need to. Start with a Friday night you night. And really make it a point to challenge whatever voices pop up in your head telling you that you shouldn't be resting. Keep a mantra list handy and read it out loud when those voices pop up. Enlist a partner or someone who lives in your household who can remind you that rest is important too. The to-do list can wait. The responsibilities can almost always wait. And I used to say that I can't fully relax when I know I have other stuff to do. So I need to take care of that stuff in order to allow my brain to turn off. But let's face it, the to-do list never actually ends. There is always more to do. Yes, even when you're unemployed. Whether it's chores around the house, or finding a more productive hobby, or catching up on continuing ed, or searching for a job, or... <sighs> the list goes on and on and on. And so we have to set boundaries and actually surrender to the rest first for two reasons. The reason most people give is that if you want to get motivated to get back to job searching and applying and actually working again, then you need to first relax. The rest without judgment is what gives you the energy and motivation to get back to work. This is true. But there's a problem with that mindset. The issue is that when rest is treated as nothing more than a prerequisite for working hard, we are still placing all of our value on the work. The only reason rest matters from this perspective is to give you the capacity to hustle harder tomorrow or next week or next month. 
And that isn't true because you need rest for rest's sake. And giving yourself permission to rest now without judgment or apology, maybe when you're between jobs and have slightly less on your plate, you can get better at prioritizing it down the road when you are working again because we need rest always. Maybe one of the reasons why you're feeling so unmotivated to find work again is because work was killing you and you didn't know how to work without overworking. And so you associate work with burnout and fatigue. But you can work hard and work towards your goals without overworking. And you can learn how to unplug and be unproductive even when you're working. And that isn't important so that you can work more. It's important so that you can experience joy and connection to the world and people around you. So all of this to say, if you're feeling unmotivated, maybe it's because you never once during this pandemic actually gave yourself permission to rest without judgment and guilt and shooting yourself. So start there. The next suggestion I'd make is for you to get support. There is rarely a dietitian I speak to who doesn't feel isolated in some capacity, especially throughout the pandemic. Even ones who work on a team don't feel like they're getting the professional support and guidance they need. I've chatted about support in the past on this podcast before, specifically in my episode, My Secret to Ending Dietitian Isolation, which is where I talk a lot about the supervision process, kind of what the heck supervision actually is, because a lot of RDs aren't super familiar with it. And I get it. I'm biased. This is what I do for a living, but I do it because of how important it is. If you're struggling with motivation and you've worked on resting and allowing yourself that time and space to decompress, then the next step is to ramp up your support system. One thing that I do for support is I have a monthly Zoom call with some of my friends who are dietitians. We started it during the beginning of the pandemic, and it has been such a game changer in how I feel. It reminds us that we aren't alone. We bounce ideas off each other. I love my chats with them. And my chats with them paired with the work I've been doing with my dietitians in individual supervision inspired me to come up with something new for empowering dietitians. Yes. You can find a group of RDs to have Zoom calls for free and just meet and hang out and chat. That's valid, and I highly encourage you to do that. But what about the actual guidance piece? Hanging out with random dietitians is great. But when you crowdsource solutions to your concerns and questions, you can wind up with a lot of confusing and conflicting information. I have one dietitian client who experienced this firsthand. She loves using dietitian Facebook groups to bounce ideas and questions off of other RDs. And she gets a ton of responses, but a lot of times they're all conflicting and it leaves her head spinning if she's not careful. She then brings the questions to me and together we unpack them and I help her figure out the best course of action for her as an individual, not what worked for 15 other dietitians who responded to her post. So having someone who can facilitate a conversation, who can help you unpack your concerns and really get to the root of what's going on is important. There is a fine balance between group support and clear expert guidance. Both are needed. So I made a group supervision mastermind hybrid program to fill that void. And this is the first time I'm announcing it. 
I've been toying with this idea for so long, and I'm so excited to be announcing it on this podcast today. It started as a desire to bring all of my clients together. My clients love their individual time with me, but they also would tell me consistently that they'd be interested in having time and space and opportunity to interact with my other clients, because I can tell them all day long that they're not alone. But to really meet and speak with my fellow clients, who all together share so many struggles and experiences, is a much more powerful opportunity. And so I thought, why limit it to only my clients? What if you could use a little extra support too? So maybe one-on-one supervision is an investment that you can't make work when you crunch the numbers while you're facing unemployment and navigating a pandemic that's coming up on a year long and counting, but you still need and deserve support to get you out of this weird funk that you're finding yourself in. The Empowering Dietitians Group Supervision Mastermind is a hybrid model of both supervision and You guessed it, mastermind groups. I was super creative with the name. What can I say? Supervision is all about having one person, the supervisor, offering guidance to one or multiple colleagues. A mastermind group is a collection of like-minded individuals who come together to support each other and offer feedback to one another. With my supervision mastermind group, you get both. I'll be filling groups of four to six dietitians to come together as a cohort for monthly Zoom calls. Each cohort will last for three months, so you'll have time to get to know each other over the course of three different calls. The groups are small, so all of my fellow introverts don't have to worry about feeling too intimidated, and it'll feel easier and more comfortable opening up and participating. The goal is to support you in feeling more confident as a dietitian, overcoming the roadblocks that hold you back, the perfectionism, the imposter syndrome, the lack of confidence in applying skills and knowledge and personal values to your work itself, all the stuff I talk about on this podcast. And yes, how to get motivation if you're feeling burnt out. It will be a combination of group support, others in the group sharing their experiences and insight on questions and concerns you raise, paired with my direct guidance as the facilitator. You won't only receive crowdsourced feedback from the group, I'll be there with resources, guidance, education, and input, so there is zero confusion about what direction you're going to take moving forward. I spent several weeks conducting Zoom calls with different dietitians, reading surveys you kindly filled out, and speaking with current clients to design a program that really works for you. And while many of you are interested in a more involved, fully-fledged group program, I've decided to start here with the simple calls, because maybe you're not sure exactly what to expect and you'd rather dip your toes in with a few calls before signing up for a big program. Or maybe you need to be extra selective about how you invest in yourself right now, but you know you still need support in some capacity. And because, let's be honest, it's a lot easier for me to quickly launch a mastermind call than it is to develop a full group program as intricate as the one I offer one-on-one to clients currently. And so this gives me an opportunity to put something out into the world and receive your feedback, and work more diligently on tweaks and enhancements to develop it into something more fully-fledged moving forward. I'm here to remind you, in all that I do, that taking imperfect action is better than perfect inaction, and this is the best way I can think of to support you and connect you to other dietitians so you can stop feeling alone. If you're struggling with that motivation piece, and you feel discouraged or lost or confused, and 
don't know where to even start this new year after the whirlwind of a year we had in 2020, apply for my supervision mastermind. Get the best of both worlds with group feedback and my expert guidance as the facilitator. You don't have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Sometimes it takes a community to come together, and that's what I hope we can do together with this new program. The first call will be in February, and I'm taking applications now. The group is small and only four to six people, so if you're interested, I highly encourage you to apply for a discovery call soon. I may only be offering one group of non-clients to start, so spots are going to be limited. Get the support you deserve. Remember, there's anything that I want you to know from this podcast is that you don't have to figure this all out on your own. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoy these episodes, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with your dietitian friends and if you listen on Apple Music, leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach more dietitians so that we can really create a collective of dietitians who feel confident and connected both to their work and each other. You are not alone. And as always, if you're looking for that extra level of support, check out my Empowering Dietitians Supervision Services at www.empoweringdietitians.com supervision. Thank you.